0: More carbs than I'd like in this bi-antioxidant infusion. There's carbs in juice. There are five total carbohydrates. Oh, I'm sorry, six per serving, and there's two in this thing. Huh. Not good for a fat boy like me. This Brasilia blueberry really under undersold its sugary content. Welcome to the Baseball SDL Podcast, JJ Bailey back with you yet again. Uh, today a little bit of a special episode. Producer Mike, handsome Mike, big strong Mike is going to be joining me. Uh, it's been a wild week over here on our end and Mike graciously stepped up to be a de facto co-host and run the boards at the same time. Uh, so if you're looking to add somebody to the upcoming adventures film, uh, producer Mike, I feel like you got a case, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for everyone that has to listen to this cuz I'm more of a fan than anything so that's you'll just have to deal with that that's all right you're, but, but you're well seasoned I have I have some knowledge but uh,
0: you've been through the take jungle with us you've seen I have, the uh, I've, you've seen what we're doing yeah yeah and and you've laid out a doozy for us here today uh, so as always status check on the cardinals 51 and 50
1: and actually 51 and 51 actually after we are 50, recording Yeah, that's this right. after that is
0: that is post game so it's 51 and 51
1: back to 500, 500. Another loss to the Reds.
0: Um, they are, as far as I mean, it's still right now in terms of record-wise. I believe they're eight and a half games back in the Central now. They are five and a half games back in the Wild Card, pending results of today's games across the league. Um, right at 500, right at average, uh, which really seems to be uh, the theme of this play this season. I gotta say. Um, you know, in the Mike Schilt era, I, you, you look to see better energy, you look to see better fight. You've seen some of those things, you've seen some of those positive things, and we'll get into that as we go here. But I think maybe uh, all those positives that I, I tracked on the first couple of games into Schilt's tenure, I, I think maybe some of that was just uh, me looking for change. Because it might feel a little different... Uh, and certainly the the, uh, the bullpen imploding and blowing uh, what is what would have been one of the most incredible stories of the season for the Cardinals and turning that into a loss, that certainly doesn't feel different. Uh, but it, even if it feels different in certain aspects, the results honestly uh, appear to be the same.
1: Yeah, and when you said like – the decision making like that I was about to lose my mind last night I have a a golden retriever and he knows when I'm about to get upset he just has this knack for this and when he saw uh, Mike Maddox walk over (laughs) to Austin Gomber and shake his hand saying essentially most Cardinal fans thought he was out of the game whenever during that uh, Jairo Munoz at bat and I I got red, and my dog came <laughs> over and sat right below me. He was like, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I was going to lose my mind. Because I really do think they were going to take him out if Munoz didn't get that hit there to get that insurance run for Gomber. And that's the kind of decision-making. It's like, man, this feels kind of the same. It doesn't – things yeah. things haven't really changed, and that's kind of frustrating. But, uh, you know, it is still early. Um, he's Schultz, I believe, is what? He's a game under five hundred in his managing tenure yeah, now after today's answer. loss. So – I don't know, I'm.
0: Well, you came out of the gate playing the division leaders. That's true. You're and 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 playing really, hot teams. And before Reds we are. go to this this most recent series, it's important to talk about um, what happened in Chicago and what happened uh, specifically with Matt Carpenter because what we saw there was legitimately one of the most historically violent <laughs> offensive outbreaks for a Cardinals player in history. You know, Matt Carpenter was the first guy in, in, in that game where he had three home runs. The Friday game. Yes, three yeah. home runs, two doubles. He was the first guy to have, was it five extra base hits in six innings of a yes. baseball game? That's never happened before. Um, the only other person in baseball history, in a cool footnote to have three home runs and two doubles in the same game, was on the field, field. with him right. in Chris Bryant. Um, you know, in, in historically, it was a top 10 all-time uh, Cardinals offensive performance from a single player. It was probably in the top 25 all-time yeah. uh, in baseball. But really, to contextualize it, I mean, this is a continuation of Matt Carpenter really over the last month leading into the All-Star break, and then right after that— um, Basically, being the best, the hottest hitter in the National
1: League. I mean, he leads the National League in WAR. Yes, as of a couple of days ago, I wouldn't think that and, had changed. But.
0: And that and that accounts for just an absolutely brutal start to the season. And mm-hmm. what you saw from him, where you know, when you're when you're a hitter and you have an OPS approaching two, <laughs> um, I don't care what the sample size is, you are out of your mind. And that that Chicago series was absolutely insane you know he went was it six games straight with a home run yep. he tied the franchise record um you know in, in one of those home runs he didn't even start the game he came in Correct. and yes. got that saturday, home run. saturday night game um, you saw them you saw them shifting him <laughs> like you would have shifted barry bonds you saw them pitching around him you saw them intentionally walking him um he was i mean We've talked a lot about this, and I know that Kevin Wheeler over at ESPN has used this phraseology before where it's like the, the, the Cardinals are a bunch of Robins with no Batman, right? And yeah. and we've said this a lot. I've always called it who's the guy you're hoping to get to in the order. You know, if, you, if you're down in the ninth, you're down two runs, if you can just get to who. And Matt Carpenter has shown yet again this season that – I don't think he's that guy every single day, uh, or, or, or all season long. But there are stretches of the season where Matt Carpenter is as terrifying as Mike Trout in the box. And I'm not saying this. And you said you were you, you're coming at it from a fan's perspective, and I very much uh, try not to. And as as my recent outbursts on this podcast will tell you, that I'm I'm not a cheerleader for this team. But I will say. Uh, Matt Carpenter absolutely can be that guy and has been that guy and when you see him in Chicago um, I think a lot of people myself included forget what he is capable of in a way that is beyond home runs beyond you know a a three home run two double day which is unbelievable (laughs) but also the fact that you get to an 0-2 count with Matt Carpenter and for most hitters in the league for most hitters on this team it's Okay, uh, well, let's see if something lucky can happen, but, you know, this thing is wrapping up, and with Matt Carpenter, it's 0-2, and you are in no
1: way finished. No, he he extends account, uh, counts better than pretty much anyone in baseball. Like you said, when it gets to 0-2, you're usually thinking, okay, well, he's going to foul off a couple, he's going to take a pitch, that's going to be close, but he's a seasoned enough hitter that he knows where that strike zone is, Um Yeah, it's just – it's been incredible. But the the most frustrating thing about him being that go-to guy in your lineup is that he bats leadoff. So he's not going to have a lot of RBIs, and that's just something you have to accept because we talked about this in earlier podcasts. When you try to bat him third, Matt Carpenter it turns into Mike Carpenter, a guy we don't know (laughs) very well. So Matt Carpenter, he is a leadoff hitter, and you just kind of have to accept that – Matt
0: Carpenter turns into Matt, comma, Carpenter, Carpenter, whose (laughs) job is not to play baseball but to perform woodworking. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And, and the thing is, people are going to clamor for it. They're going to say, hey, he should really be hitting down where, where those those doubles and those home runs come with people on base. And I would agree, and I still Normally, yes, I can't let would. it go. It's one of those things that, like, deep down in my soul, I don't want to let this go, but you have too much evidence to say that something happens. Something happens when he's not in the leadoff spot and – at this point, on a team that is desperate for offense, that is desperate for that, that Batman or that guy, if you find him and he needs to hit leadoff, let him hit leadoff. Because more often than I mean, you're leading off the game one time. And then after that, there can be people on base when you come up. The only right. time for sure there's no one on base
1: is to start the game. Which he seems to hit a lot of home runs from that leadoff spot. Yeah, and
0: and he really he tied the franchise record for yeah. most home runs to Lewis, lead off Lou a Brock. game with yeah. Lou Brock. And so, I mean... You wouldn't say that those hurt, but you definitely look at those and go, "Boy, that would have been nice with someone on He's base." He's batting
1: third and there's Yeah, I mean, a you double up your run long. count. Yeah.
0: But before, you know, I mean, I didn't want to get too deep into the weeds with the Cincinnati series and the ugly stuff that's coming before acknowledging that, you know, Cardinal fans this season has been a headache and at times a migraine. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment in there post All-Star break with Matt Carpenter that I I think that it like too often, we we like know too much now about baseball. We can peel back the curtain and we can dissect it mathematically why certain things are happening. But there are times where baseball, at least for me growing up, for you, I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, baseball was magic. There was just something that was like, categorically, this thing should not be possible, and yet it just happened. And what Matt Carpenter did coming out of the All-Star break, what he did to the Cubs in their own stadium was that kind of magical realism that baseball can do that I think few other sports can where it's just like there is simply no way that he will hit yet another home run today and then he does it. And then it's like, well, six is the record and how impossible is that? And then he (laughs) does it the next day. And it was one of those times where regardless of how you feel about the team or the season or anything else, you have to step back and be like, I'm seeing something that I might never see again. Right, And and few people – have maybe gotten to see.
1: Yeah. It it was it really was something special because, like you said, the season's been a headache by most accounts. And just to be able to have something that we could all just be happy about, we can't like, like it, yeah, the team's s- doing well, but the bullpen stinks or that yeah. sort of thing. You can just be like, no, this is awesome this and is we should all appreciate
0: and, and it's rare that a singular performance can transcend yes. a team game. I think there's there's been a lot rightfully said that baseball is an individual sport mm-hmm. masquerading as a team game. Right. And so, even if you take that into account, what we just watched was LeBron in the playoffs this year. Um, We watched a guy who has, who, who looked to be not himself, looked to be lost, looked to, you know, maybe, maybe he's fading. Maybe, you know, that, that peak of, uh, of production at the plate has faded. Um, and then all of a sudden he comes out and in July he's like, no, no, don't forget about me. And then you go into the break and you come out of the break and he goes, no, I'm being very <laughs> serious. Please pay attention because I am not done yet. And I just think that it's one of those one of those things that. No matter no matter how cynical you can be, there is that is a moment that reminds you why you love baseball. Right. And that that is a stretch of games where every time he comes up,
1: it's must-watch TV. Um,
0: and this will sound corny, I don't care. Like you, you, yeah, you feel like you kind of feel like a like a flutter, like mm-hmm. here he comes yeah. in your chest, and all of a sudden you realize there's people everywhere around the country that are watching this at bat, and we're all hoping for that home run just because. We want to be proven wrong because it doesn't seem possible. It can't happen. So, oh my, But, oh, my God, is he about to do it? And that's something that baseball, I think, misses now because we know t- – in some ways we know too much. I think that's good. I think it's good for us as, an, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as fans of the game to really understand more of it. But I think it's funny how no matter how much you know, there's nothing to prepare you for what he did over six games. And I think that was very, very cool. It's got to be the
1: salsa, man. It's got to be the salsa.
0: That was oh my god! I got so sick of that story so fast. <laughs> Unbelievable how the Cardinals
1: tend to do that. How don't they? that went
0: from like oh that's a charming, that's a cool little thing to every single tweet, every single thing was about salsa, every story was about salsa, and it's funny. It's it's cool because like that's a unique thing that like you don't you know it's a little it's like it's it's a peel back the curtain thing again right. like it's funny that he's sharing it and that adam wainwright planted the garden and that he's been tweaking the recipe and like it's like baseball players just like us uh, but it's it's also it was one of those things where i was like god boy i hope something else happens because i've read about salsa for like 48 straight <laughs> hours um also i gotta try this salsa but like it's it's just salsa how how good could it be how good, how good could that, Matt Carpenter? You do not listen to this podcast, but if you do, I want to try your salsa because I think it might have magical powers. But I got to know what the flavor is like. Nobody's talking about. What can about you the flavor. add to
1: salsa that it would like? Salsa is pretty. Oh. Ab- ab- I don't know. Yeah,
0: but you play with the spices. Do you want a little bit spicier? Do you want yeah. a little bit? Do you want it like uh, some? Some salsas are thick. Some salsas are yeah, the chunky yeah, restaurant water- style. Some, a little some of them are like
1: or like like paste. You know, like they yeah. don't leave the big chunks in there. You know, but it's still like a thicker consistency
0: yeah you're yes exactly you know your 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 cilantro allotment is key i mean i love cilantro but too much cilantro you know this you can spoil the broth yeah this is a <laughs> salsa talk i will say matt carpenter if you ever come across this i want to taste it and i don't want to taste it uh for for its batting powers i want to taste it for flavor Just, nobody's yeah. talking about the flavor does it go well can you throw it on a burrito or is it chips only i need to know these kind of things all right so the next half hour is pure salsa rankings yeah First two red games, okay. So that w- those were kind of fun. <laughs> they were fun in a way, sure. <laughs> up until there were sections of them that were very fun. Um, you want to talk about again the magic of baseball? Again, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 mythical kind of the stuff that reminds you that of the time when you were eight and it seemed like baseball happened in some like fantasy realm. Daniel Ponce de Leon. Uh, I, I, everyone knows this by now. Uh, you know, he took a line drive off the head. Um, he had to have emergency surgery. He was in AAA there against the Iowa Cubs. He had to have emergency surgery. There was a period of time there where the debate wasn't, you know, is he going to – like, how, how quickly can he come back? It was if he's ever going to play again. At some points it was if, is he going to have a normal life. I think for a very brief point it was is he going to survive this. Um, they had to relieve pressure in his brain. It is every pitcher's, every athlete's worst nightmare um, – it was a line drive right back off of his head and that is you know that's that's a moment that thankfully baseball has never had to confront but certainly a fear that lingers in the back of the minds that someone could die yeah. you know with the with the strength and the power of these hitters and the proximity to the plate um you know, that's one of those things the Marlins batting coach once said that, like, God, I hope nobody ever dies playing baseball, but I think that if anyone would, it might be because they it's got hit play. By, by by Giancarlo Stanton's yeah. line drive up the middle. I mean, 10 off the bat. So Ponce de Leon went through that, and, you know, we talked to him in spring, and, you know, he had returned, and they wanted him to pitch with the L screen for his first couple live sessions. Just to uh, get comfortable uh, and, with. And he said, he no, I don't want to do that. Look. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've been back. Because he returned. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like this spring wasn't the first time ever he'd been on the mound. He said, the second I got back on the mound, I'm back. And sure, we can put the L screen out there. But sooner or later, the L screen's got to go away. And I'm ready for it to go away now. So we're not doing it with the L screen. And he wanted, he was very clear in spring that I don't want this to be my triumphant return to the mound. You know, I've overcome my demons. For him, it was at least outwardly, it was sort of cost of doing business. It was, yeah. look, this was a risk. I knew it. It happened. I, I survived. Pitch. I'm going to go back out there. It's, it's, it does not define my career. You mm-hmm. know, this, the, this does not become the point upon which my career hinges. I'm back on the mound. Let me throw. And he threw well in spring. And, you know, it was a matter of time
1: for him to get this shot. And so and he comes up. Terrific. Yeah. The, he's he's, he's looked some of the best numbers of any. Yeah. Memphis Redbird.
0: He's looked great, and you know, then he takes the mound in Cincinnati, and it's you know no hits, one inning, two <laughs> inning, three innings, four innings. Now people are paying attention. Five innings. Now people are looking at the pitch count, and they're kind of eyeballing it and saying, I don't think he can probably make it. But he goes seven innings. Yeah, doesn't allow a hit, and you know, to make it back is one thing. To, to one to survive that is one thing. That is. That should not be overlooked that that's a very, very lucky thing to have survived um, that kind of head trauma and to come out the other side with no ill effects, you know, right. But then, then to continue your career, then to continue your career. So you get called up to the majors. Then when you get called up to the majors, you throw seven no hit innings in a ballpark where a fly ball with a little bit of juice is a home run instead of a warning track out. He took, The Reds threw 21 outs and didn't allow a hit, and it was it was one of those things. A lot like it was a compressed version of Matt Carpenter's run, where after the third inning you're like, "Boy, this would be fun if he did it," and after the fourth you're like, "I think he's doing this," and after the fifth you're like, "How far can it go?" Right. You know, like it was like you know, covering the team, not covering the team, fan, not fan. All of a sudden you were on the ride, and you didn't really care about anything else, but. How does this thing conclude? And unfortunately for him, it concluded with seven no-hit innings,
1: which is still incredible.
0: Which he gets to take, yes. Yeah. And certainly, I don't think he's going to complain about that. No. But for the Cardinals, what it did uh, conclude as was
1: yeah, the, it would be so nice if the story just ended right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. If the <laughs> game, if you know, if this was a high school game, yeah, they. Uh, it was a no-hitter, hitter. and every, it gets written up at the paper, and everybody's yep. happy. But it's a major league game, and so you got to play the eighth and the ninth. And what happens in the eighth and the ninth is the Cardinals bullpen collapses in on itself and loses this game. Yep. And this is something that has really reared an ugly head the last few days, but has been around all season long.
1: And it's terrible to say, but when they took him out of that game, and it was only, I believe it was one to nothing. And I, I was watching the game with my dad, and I was like, they're going to lose this game. The story of of Ponce de Leon pitching this, they will find a way to lose, and it's just so frustrating because yeah. that I even had that thought in my mind. Well, like, well, and well, the fact that it a- comes true, yeah, the, just like uh, the, the the fact that that is a thought that like now nah, this was a good story, but we're still going to lose.
0: Well, uh, and, and you look at the I, I you know the Cardinals bullpen now has a four point six six ERA. It, they are twelfth in the National League. Um, you look at their bullpen. Overall, you're looking at – and we used to talk about how many how many reliable guys do they have. How many guys do you entrust? Let's say that you have Daniel Ponce de Leon. He's got a no-hitter through seven. Who are you going to give this game to? Now, I'm going to run through some of these ERAs here. The best ERA in the bullpen right now – I mean, Greg Garcia's got a zero ERA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, uh, uh, Alex Reyes has a zero ERA. Yeah. That's pretty great. I man. We but get him back in. There. But you That'd start nice. looking at this, you know, John Brebia, four, oh five. Brett at- Cecil five seventy. <sighs> Bowman has a six two six. Gomber, I mean, he has a reliever. Is three four eight. Yeah. He's bought the best one. Lions, eight six four. Leone four one five. He's hurt. Gregerson six one seven. de Leone oh zero. Look for that. Yeah. Sheriff six three five. Uh, you're looking at a bullpen that you know Bud Norris. Three two nine. Okay, but he's your closer. Right. You know Jordan Hicks three three one. Mike Myers three seven nine. Tuivalala three six nine. Greg Holland seven ninety two. <laughs> These are look in the threes for a reliever is completely acceptable. It's an it's it's you know that how they calculate ERA and ERA right. isn't the best use of a best stat of. But you look at those. You don't have a single guy under three earned runs. No. That's a major problem because you can deal with, you know, Bud Norris and, and Jordan Hicks being in the threes. Okay, that's good. That's solid. But you don't have one guy that's shutting people down reliably day in, day out. Yeah. You don't have one guy where, look, we need to get through the eighth that you can just or throw even it out there and you're like, this dude is going to shut this inning down.
1: Usually you have a, especially a lefty reliever that you can say, okay, Joey Votto's coming up to bat. We need a lefty reliever. Last night, Tyler Lyons – who you would love to to be your lefty guy? He gets My taken. Man got pulled. He got pulled before yeah. he could even face Votto for Sam Tuivala, who struck him out. Who did well. Who's been great. And, and Votto but, has just murdered Lyons yeah. throughout his career.
0: I mean, that's I, you know, you point to that left that left-handed issue. When you look at how good Tyler Lyons was and where he is right now, I mean, the guy has appeared in 26 games. He's thrown 16 innings. His ERA is almost nine. Yeah. I mean, he has just gotten absolutely hammered. And your other options are what? Greg Holland? No, I'm sorry, oh, not Greg, Greg Holland. Excuse me. Uh, Gomber. Uh, Austin Gomber out of the bullpen, or Brett Cecil. Excuse me. Yeah. Brett Cecil. Yeah. Not Greg Sometimes
1: Holland. I forget about Brett Cecil.
0: Well, Brett Cecil has appeared in 27 games. He's given up a hit in at least 17 of them. He's given up multiple hits in seven of them. He's given up four hits uh, most recently at the Cubs on July 22nd. Yeah. You know, that was the blowout game where he went in. Yeah. And the lead was certainly safe. And after a minute, you're like, is this lead safe, though? <laughs> Greg Holland, or God, I keep saying Greg Holland. Excuse me. Brett Cecil. Greg Holland is also up Target. there because he's been bad. Yeah. But Brett Cecil was supposed to be your combo lefty back when he was signing you had Kevin Segris. Well, Kevin Segrist is gone. Cecil has been nowhere near what you need from the left side Tyler Lyons despite what he did a year ago has been nowhere near what you need on the left side and then you go to the right side and you're running out of guys that you can count on you know Norris got touched up Hicks hicks is
1: he's, good he's good but he's human and, uh,
0: and has been and is is what 22 he's 21 21 yeah so I mean he's not I mean he is great. As in terms of raw ability, but he is not—he is not your stabilizing influence in the bullpen. He shouldn't have to be. He is a volatile weapon. He can be absolutely dynamite, but you also have to know how to manage it because he's—he's—he's an unstable atom or he's an unstable nucleus. You know what I mean? He can—he's capable of great feats, but he's also capable of big ass explosions. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But then, then you have to lean on guys like Sam Tuivalala, who, if you told me earlier this year that that was going to be your best. Reliever in a, in a situation yeah. where the game when it's late Joey in the Votto's game. coming up to bat. Who we, do you need? I you need, need Sam, Sam Tuivata. Yeah, but he's been great. John Brebbia is another guy who uh, I've enjoyed this year. He's had a couple slip ups, but he's been pretty reliable. Another guy that's like I didn't think John Brebbia. You'd think like a Luke Gregerson would be that kind of guy, no. and he hasn't been anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and, and Tuivata has really come along. Like watching him, he, he's out of options. And yeah. I don't mean that like in a in a movie trailer sense. I just mean that is like he cannot be sent down, so he had to stick with the team out of spring and he spent a lot of time refining his pitches because he's a guy who can hit triple digits. Right. Um, but he's been working on secondary pitch- pitches. He had that spike curveball for a while. He's really worked on movement. He's really worked on, like, completing the picture. And I think that has shown this season and really really in this last, this last stretch where he's been called upon to do extra work. He doesn't look like a guy who is – just going to rear back and try and throw it past you up at your letters. He's a guy that has been working sequences, working off-speed pitches, leading with a breaking ball. Um, I think that you're probably going to see as this goes on, you know, this is one of those periods where it's like, okay, what do we have in this guy? What do we have in this guy? It's decision time. Uh, Tui Villal is a guy that I think the Cardinals should be deploying with some regularity and yeah. find out how big of a weapon is this guy. I you know that they've been limited in how they've used him, and some of his early work, you know, probably warranted that. But now what you're seeing in him is a, a much more complete reliever. This is – that's a that's a Harrison Bader level kind of let's trot him out and see what we got with some regularity because that's a decision point. I mean, that's that's a valuable asset. You need somebody stable.
1: Yeah, and I think – there's parallels with with what Hicks could be with that too because Hicks mm. when he started he was the guy that would he just came in to wow the fans yeah. throw as hard as he could and it was great but then you you started seeing the hit batters the walks the yeah. you know he started giving up some runs and then he started working on that slider and then when he got that slider going he was striking guys out and yeah. that it's stretch that stretch of about a month where he didn't give up a run was fantastic because that slider I mean, it's set, the fastball is just setting up that slider because that's unhittable. If well, that somebody's is, throwing 103 and then you throw an 85-mile-an-hour slider, you're not going to hit that.
0: Well, and that fastball is great, and when it moves, it's really great. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, I, you know, i said this probably a billion times on this podcast, but a major league hitter can hit 120 miles an hour. They just need to time it up. Right. And so there are guys that 105 is not going to blow them away. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to take some luck and skill on their part. But if you can, all it takes is something else, anything else, for them to be like, I'm not quite sure what's coming. And now 105 just murders you. Because if you hesitate for a tenth of a second, it's already past you. And so, again, he's so young that everything he gives you is essentially house money at this point. And then you hope next year he takes the leap. Because remember, he came all the way up. He came all the way up. He didn't just bump up from Triple A. Dude was in High A. Yeah. So whatever you get from him is a bonus. Guys like Tui Valala, they've been around for a while. They've polished those pitches. See if that guy can do it day in and day out. Give that guy a shot because, yeah. you know, Norris isn't going to be around. He's on a one year deal. You know, Hicks is going to take some 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 massaging, some shaping. What do you have in Tui Valala? Because is, is is he the bridge guy between Hicks as the closer? Uh, maybe a year from now, two years from now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or or is he a guy that immediately slots right into that that eighth inning role if Hicks makes that jump? Either way, it's time to see a little bit more work from from old Sammy Sammy Tui-Vallala. Uh Now, we talked Ponce, and that was an incredible story. Uh,
1: how about Austin Gomber though? That was fun.
0: How about Austin Gomber and it, when he, when he got through like two? with no hits everyone's like, like
1: joking like hey wouldn't it be funny if he like ah, does the same yeah, thing tonight
0: like, i'm not gonna get carried away <laughs> and then he starts rattling him off yeah he starts rattling no his innings off again and this is not a guy that's got
1: high 90s velocity
0: this is yeah. not a guy that's got he wasn't just, even a
1: t- top 10 prospect for the cardinals he's, he's not he's
0: a guy he's a confounding guy he's a he's a really he's a really nice guy and I, i'm gonna say gentle and not in an assaulting way he's just very like Like calm, he's not, he doesn't have that absolute like ragged intensity that some pitchers have. He's just a a really nice guy to chat with. He's (laughs) 6'5, he's lanky, and he throws like 90. Yeah, like his fastball is like 90, 92. That's not a guy that you expect to go. I don't know, where did he go? How many innings? Seven. He went seven seven again, right? Yeah, Yeah, seven. seven. No, he was seven and a third. It, it, great
1: American ballpark again. Yeah, a finesse pitcher this time. And then the uh, the Reds—they got tired of getting uh, no hit against, and now we have a gate. We have a gate.
0: Well, there was a uh, what do they call it—a system anomaly?
1: Yes. Well, we had Watergate, and we've had Deflate Gate, and now we have Fire Alarm Gate. And I know you hate the gates, but it's just we have I'm to. Res- I'm I'm going to be honest with you. L- listen,
0: listen, <laughs> I can't resist it. We got to stop adding "gate" to the end of things. People call everything "gate," Deflate Gate. You know the fire alarm gate listen watergate was the name of the hotel it wasn't the event itself we can't just throw gate on the end of stuff and pretend that it's the same thing watergate was the hotel it's deflate gate makes no sense that would be it's it's insane to me i'm sorry i'm done i'm done now but for everyone out there stop adding gate to things stop it stop it Stop it! It was the name of the hotel. It did not describe the the event or the level or severity of the event. We're moving on right now. Old man yells at clouds. F- old yeah. man yells at clouds right now. Listen, the fire alarm went off, and correctly, Gomber was pulled because of the amount of time spent waiting.
1: Oh, he did pitch after.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he was he was not going to be pushed beyond. No, that. no, yeah,
1: that, that's. Uh... And he was
0: he was when he went back out there. The plan was that he was going to try and finish what he could, but they're not going to let him run it out there because you can't have that hiatus right there. However, however, questions remain as to what would have happened. Had that fire alarm stayed silent, Mike, I'm going to let you, because you said you're coming from a different perspective. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the box right now. I'm going to give you the lane. Do you have a hot take or a conspiracy theory?
1: On on the fire alarm okay. going
0: off at GABP.
1: I've been nice to the Reds this year. I gave them that hot take that they would that they could potentially finish yeah, with you a. You ba- kept it in your pocket. I though. kept it in my pocket, but I I brought it to the world. Yes. Somebody pulled that fire alarm, and I. W- Somebody for the Reds, or so- like a?
0: Are you saying like a fan? Someone. Or like a, there's. This is pretty lukewarm. Are you saying like a fan pulled this fire alarm, or are you saying someone, like someone in, in the organization? The
1: Reds. The, there's the Deflate Gate. There was a equipment manager, assistant equipment manager. Yeah, okay. He was doing it. There's somebody in that equipment. I'm I'm calling them out now. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> Why? They, because they
0: the Reds aren't contending for a playoff spot. This game, it, they meant hate. Nothing they to them.
1: hate the Cardinals. They boo Yachty every time he comes up to the they plate should. in He's Cincinnati. They should. murdered them. He's turned. He every time he comes
0: to Cincinnati, it's like Godzilla coming to your village. Yeah. He murders them at their own ballpark. Somebody, you think, somebody you think did that this, this
1: game meant that much to the Reds that, that somebody – you think it was like a you rogue actor? You're getting a no-hitter thrown against you by a guy throwing in his it, making his first MLB start two nights in a row. Yeah, that's bad. That's you bad. It's mu- you, you a bad be look. The, you it's must a bad be look. the Cardinals. It's a bad look. So you got to – so you think, sometimes so you got to do what you got to do. Was this do? the act of
0: one rogue agent, or was this a was this a was there a a red phone that rang somewhere deep in tunnels? That's what I would like to think. And it, they answered the phone. They hello, and it was just like
1: yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, rest in peace, March Shot. But that is a very March Shot thing. She yeah. would have done that back in the day when she was owner of the Oh, Red's. She would sure. She had that phone. She was a terrible a monster. Cigarette just hanging out. Oh, yeah. She would have called.
0: Oh, shot was a terrible monster. <laughs> she didn't get banned from baseball. You look at some of the people <laughs> that got banned from baseball. And old Margie, oh boy, I just I won't get into it right now. We got too much. She, to she get had to. like two dogs. that but would I, sit by her at the I, games I, I too. Would, like I would say anybody who doesn't know who Margie Shot is, one hundred percent, look her up. Just go to her Wikipedia page. She was. She said some yikes, things that were yikes. Yeah, she said some things <laughs> at at, a, at particular times in history where such things were. I mean, they were egregious always, but they were way past the point of people like normally being able to say them uh, and and not have blowback. And old Margie, she just got away with. I'm gonna she I'm wanted. gonna say it.
1: I think Marge Shot hmm. has a phone from the other side, and she called. You think she called? I, <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna wind? blame this. I'm gonna put this on Marge Shot. And she's like,
0: <laughs> nah, pull the fire alarm, <laughs> pull it." I listen. Either way, whether or not the ghost of Marge Shot did this. Who's to say? Um, still an incredible uh, – an incredible. I, I don't want to call it a debut, but a starting debut because Gomber has pitched out of the bullpen a lot this year. Um, this was a guy who won Pitcher of the Year in the organization. Uh, I think it was co-pitcher with Alex Reyes uh, at one point. This is a guy that a lot of people who have really dug in on the prospects have been eyeballing Austin Gomber for a long time because – He's he, he seemed probably the most ready for a while. Like there were a lot of guys who had um, I think their stuff played better at a major league level in terms of velocity and like severity of break. But really, what Austin Gomber had was a completely polished uh, set of pitches. You know, a four-pitch guy who could locate and who had every bit of the control and discipline and sequencing creativity uh, that a major league pitcher would have. And I think. The Cardinals kind of slow played him a little bit because you kind of saw this with Marco Gonzalez. He's doing well now, but it right. it took a while. It, you know, it took this long for Marco to, who is another finesse pitcher, pretty much the same kind of guy.
1: Right, um, he uses his change up heavily. And yeah, and and it tops out at about
0: ninety right. and works the corners and it, you know throws from the left side. This, I think, the Cardinals saw like it it takes a lot of refinement for that type of pitcher to come up and be successful and
1: those pitchers can be
0: and 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 i think this is like part of this is organizationally and also gomber both of them kind of showing their work mm-hmm. the gomber was you know he believed his stuff would play at the major league level he thought he was a, a major league pitcher for some time and he got his chance out of the bullpen and the cardinals i think were kind of like i think you're a starter but it's going to take a little bit longer your track is a little bit longer than guys like you know Jordan Hicks isn't starting, but he's getting meaningful innings. Guys like uh, you know D- Dakota Hudson's one that everyone's right. been clamming for, and they've been kind of keep like tamping him down a little bit. They're they're making sure that these guys get the appropriate runway so that when they show up, they're ready to go. I think Marco, you know Marco came up from Double A when he was in, uh, uh, when when he made his start at uh, Colorado, course. Yeah, yeah, it's and what struck you saw, the side, I believe, in the yeah, stretch. and what you saw is he struck out Troy Tulowitzki. And he made Troy Tulowitzki look like like a goon. And this is – and now that name now does not carry the same (laughs) amount of weight. But at that point, Troy Tulowitzki was at the height of his powers then, and he made him look like he was swinging a a pool noodle. But later in that game, he got absolutely shelled because he was a double-A pitcher who was – he was a double-A finesse pitcher. And Austin Gomber has progressed steadily. And the Cardinals have managed kind of how he gets deployed, and then this was kind of like the okay, I think you're ready. And he goes out and he actually proves it. And if Marge doesn't pull that fire alarm <laughs> from beyond the grave, um, you know, he had a pitch count that actually kind of, if you if you track it, you know, if you think a guy's going to make it all nine innings, really in the the sixth, the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings, his pitch count really needs to be about. 10 to 15 higher than whatever inning it is. So right. if if he's in the 6th inning and he needs to be at about 70 to 75, 75 pitches. at
1: 79 going into the 7th.
0: Yes. And so that's where you want him to be cuz right. you know, let's say that he finishes that even if he finishes that it it 20 pitches he's at 99 all he needs to do is get some quick outs in the 8th and I think you let him run till about till to, till really till somebody yeah, gets on base gets on hit. But the delay, you know, the the up and down his
1: career is bigger than one than would, one game. I would really like to see him out of the pen as it, more I consistently. Think so. I think once Waka comes back, Martinez is healthy, I think that's just even even a Ponce Leone. These guys give them a chance cuz there's guys yeah. in the bullpen that have well, had their point, chance at this point. Yeah. Yeah, why we're, not?
0: We're about to get that. I would say before we before we leave Gomber behind, I would disagree and say that I think that his his uh repertoire if you will his arsenal of pitches his approach I think that plays that plays better over the course of a game than in one that inning more I, I would, pitcher, and I could be completely wrong and there could be somebody who's way smarter than me that says like well I have the data <laughs> to prove it but I think that guys who are a little bit more raw but have high velocity and massive break as a change of pace kind of pitcher they're better in a in a one inning two-inning stint than a guy who finesses. Because if you've been dealing with 95 all day and the guy who finesses comes in and he's not quite as sharp, 90 Light starts looking up. like home run derby stuff. Yeah. But if he's starting, he can kind of find his way. Even if he's not as sharp, he has more time to figure out how to re-sequence what he, you know, re rejigger his approach to lean more heavily on the changeup. But in, a, in, in short term where one big swing is the difference in a game – uh. I don't know. I like I like guys that are are that have more I don't want to say volatile but more bigger stuff. Yeah. Bigger fastball, bigger pen. breaking ball. I think that's a guy that his 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 real skill is revealed over 6 innings, 7 innings as opposed so they'll to So they will keep two kind two of
1: polishing him to potentially I, be a lefty starter. I think
0: he, I mean you I, who else are you going to start left-handed? You don't have a lefty. <laughs>
1: they haven't an, they haven't you don't have a, a lefty. Uh, lefty since Jaime.
0: So I think and, and and Jaime was kind of similar. Yeah. And I think Gomber's probably going to be less sinker. less roller coastery, mm-hmm. but you know, Jaime had had movement on his pitches. Uh, he didn't have to throw 97, 98. I mean, he had when he was really working his pitches, he had run and sink and stuff that there were times I thought that he was going to have a no-hitter. Like, yeah,
1: he he had a couple approaches yeah. to that, and there was that there, on
0: that staff, he was the guy that I thought that could have a no hitter. It would have to happen, you know. I think I always think Carlos probably can and will. Yeah, because um, I don't think he's going to have one yet, right? No. It was it was yeah, he hasn't had one yet. He's gone a co- he's gone complete games. but He hasn't had right. And Shelby Miller had the the sneaky the hidden the hidden one, was it the hidden perfect game. Gave up a hit to start the game. And yeah, lead off hit and then nobody else. Yeah. Um, but I think Gomber's probably going to play a little bit better as a starter. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, who who am I? Who knows what I know? Uh, also, Dexter Fowler. Dexter, how about that? How about that Old fresh Dex. start? How about that fresh start that Mike Schilt promised with Dexter Fowler? Uh, you know, a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys are probably happy about a, a, a change in manager, and I don't mean to, to stir up anything. But I think Dexter Fowler's probably the happiest. Not, not for anything personally going on b- between him and Mike, though. I'm sure that may be factored into it, but certainly it, it feels like time. as a player, you're going to get one more shot to just start over, and you don't right. have to pay for the sins of the first half. And really, over the last two weeks, it hasn't been terrible. It's about like a couple bombs,
1: two sixty something like that. Five
0: RBIs. He's slugging nearly, nearly four ninety. Okay, that's I mean, you're (laughs) slugging, you're slugging, you know, three, four, five is what we call it. Three hundred, four hundred, five hundred. You're slugging five hundred. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's 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 knocking on the door. He's got 16 total bases and that's in 10 games. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's turning (laughs) it around. I'm not doing the the, I'm not sounding the horn like like Colton Long. Yeah, but I am saying that
1: clearly he. I guess I'll just ask you that: Has he not looked better? Oh, he absolutely has. Has and At he, the plate, I mean, especially last night, he hits a home run right-handed, which mm-hmm. he's done one other time this year, which was the grand slam against the White Sox, and he hit it opposite field. He didn't pull the ball; he yeah. squared up, drove the ball, and the, the way it was coming towards the plate, he hit it to the opposite field. Just a great looking hit. It's like that's <laughs> take that that's, all the time. That's wonderful to see him hit like that.
0: And he's, you know, like, Dexter Fowler's never as bad as his stat line looked. I mean, he's. Look, he's older? Sure. Is he coming down out of his prime? 100%. Right. And I think he would admit that. However, he's not a 160 hitter. No. You know what I mean? Like He's not a guy that is like that is completely unusable. And I think this is one of those change of scenery without actually changing your scenery kind of things. What you've seen over the last 10 games indicates a guy that's – maybe he's not going to be a 300 hitter. Maybe he's not going to be a 275 hitter. If he's a 250 hitter – yeah. He's usable. Gets on
1: base.
0: Gets on base. He's usable. Can hit some home runs. Usable. Yeah. Harrison Bader is probably not. Probably you know not quite ready to be an everyday major league hitter. I mean, he's he's, close. Yeah, his defense, of, his, his, his defense would show that he is. is but the offense, I
1: agree, is and, not quite.
0: And though. I agree with people who are like you know go, you got to see what you got with him. Go right. ahead and let him play as much as possible. Yeah, sure. But I just he's. I want to see him hit consistently before you start counting Harrison Bader as the forever outfielder.
1: Yeah, I agree um, with that.
0: But before we get into the, the, the outfield here, I, we got to talk about the bullpen. And as you put it here, oh, Lord, the bullpen.
1: We've talked about it a lot
0: already. We but. have. But let's talk about a couple of guys in particular. What is Greg Holland and what is Brett Cecil? What are they doing still on this team?
1: They must, ser- They must be like. I always like to think like when guys like this who are just clearly they don't have a place in team. Maybe they're the funny guy in the bullpen. Like maybe they're. I don't. They keep the, keep them around like they're they're coming up with the fun stuff they talk about in the bullpen every night. Oh, well, know, it's maybe, probably not Bud, Bud North. Reminds I'm me of the rest of development. It. Is she funny? Is she
0: <laughs> <laughs> her, her. Uh, I mean, look. I understand that it's it's it doesn't make great business sense to just like hemorrhage dead money. You know, like, you know what right. I mean? But at this point, you cannot go to Brett Cecil at any point in a game unless it's that Cubs game where it's so far out of reach that you can, you can withstand the four hits he's going to give up and the two runs he's going to give up because it doesn't matter. But at what other point is this, is this pitcher useful to you? Yeah, He's not a trade piece. No one's going to want him. He's not a guy that you can throw in at any point in a game. That's it, any that that is of any consequence. I mean, he's making seven what seven five this year. Cecil. Yeah, I think he's making seven five. Yeah, this and then
1: year? Uh, Holland is fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, one year. Fourteen, 14. and
0: change. And the, the the bigger problem I think is you've got him under contract. <laughs> uh, you know, Greg Greg Holland's
1: good to go. It's so a one year flyer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one year flyer. I really thought that it might I didn't, work out. Yeah. But okay, it doesn't work. Brett Cecil, you still got him under contract for 2019 and 2020 at 7.7 and 7.2 million, respectively. Look, man, it's not working out. This is dead money. It's a bummer, but you got to clear a roster spot. Look, right. this team is not probably going on a you know, despite Adam Wainwright's positive tweets, they're probably not going on a 10 game winning streak here. And there's well, certainly. What was
1: this hashtag? Hashtag. Ten, he had some just ten, horrific it was hashtag. Like, t- it was like 10 games. Like, A <laughs> hashtag to your get grandpa in in would use. Yeah, it was Oops. like
0: 10 straight to get back in or yeah. something like that. Something to that. Way occur.
1: too long. Didn't rhyme.
0: <laughs> the Look, you're not going on that run, probably. You're definitely not going on that run with this bullpen. Right. And when you say guys like Norris and Hicks are unavailable and Tweevalala went like five outs yeah. the night before, that means that you're going to have to use guys like Holland and Cecil. And. You shouldn't even be confronted with that at this point. Those guys should be gone. There's been enough time. There's been the DL trip. There's been uh, he's sorting out something mechanically. These guys are gone now. You, I, I, I understand that it's not as easy as just doing that and then sucking up the fact that you're going to be paying $28 million in dead money. But you're killing your roster right now. These, like, With all due respect to them, like, Personally, professionally, they're not doing their jobs. Yeah. And you're paying them regardless. So look, you can keep trying them out there and losing games, or what you could do is clear them out and move some new guys in. Move these guys up. These young guys, yeah. They- I, you know, if you have to clear you have to clear roster space, move Ponce into the bullpen and let him yeah. pitch out of there. Move Gomber into the bullpen when Get it's them time. Reps. Yeah. Let them pitch. I mean, bring up some of these guys from Memphis. Bring up Dakota Hudson if you want to. Yeah. These guys, these gotta go. They gotta go. I'm <laughs> you sorry. Gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you got, you you got gotta two g- massive black holes in your bullpen, and you can't trust them in any in any moment of significance. And that's what you're paying them for. So look, the money's going there anyways. Pay them to go do that somewhere else. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, and like we said, Tui and Hicks have looked good. They're young. Bring them out there. Last,
1: you know. Well, I I, I threw the Ozuna dilemma on there. Mm-hmm. Our, our good friend Brendan Schaefer. We'll have to have him on because he mm-hmm. has been. On Ozuna on Who Twitter. Who is this lately? man? Yes. Yeah. Why is he hitting
0: fourth? And <laughs> that's is, a, and I and I'll give it to him. You know that is that to it me. It makes
1: no sense. And he has I'll, hit. Lead, he has hit in the cleanup spot for the past two months. And you know Mike Shields three extra bases. You know Mike
0: Schultz said that he's going to do. You know it's going to be if as, as long as the approach is there.
1: Um, I mean, he is hitting. He's batting two sixty five, two seventy right now, which isn't terrible, but. The, the lack, he's got, I believe, something like 90-odd hits this year, and 79 of those are singles. And that's that's just not the player you paid for or traded for in the offseason. You expected a guy in the middle of your lineup who could get doubles, get home runs, drive-in runs, and you're just not getting that out of him.
0: Well, and let's take a look at what he's done over the last month. 172 average? Yeah. Last two weeks, 184. Last seven days, 185.
1: You know, over the last 28
0: days, he's slugging 195.
1: I believe it. last his last home run is before the well before the like June 15th or something. Before you were born. I think, born, uh,
0: <laughs> I, think uh, I saw when he hit that double. That was his first barrel since like June yeah. 6th.
1: Yes. Yeah. I
0: mean, look, his overall stats are kind of like, oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah, it's okay. It's I'm telling you, over the last 28 th- days, this guy is hitting 172. His on base percentage is 215. His slugging is 195. That is an OPS of four. Ten. Yeah, that's not your. That co- is that's not, not a, clean a cleanup hitter. Right. This is the same thing as what is you know what are Cecil and Holland doing? What is Marcelo Zuna doing in the heart of this order? Right. Put him. Let let Jose Martinez bat fourth
1: when he plays. When yeah. he
0: plays. But bat him fourth every time he's in. Bat him fourth. Right. If not, and i don't move Matt Carpenter there. Good <laughs> God, don't, don't do that. But you gotta it. find somebody else that can hit fourth. Put Jerko there when he starts. Put right. De Young there. There is no – Marcelo Zuna should not be hitting higher than sixth. Yeah. I mean, that's just – it's – bet Molina there. This – you have you – have kind of like Molina in the two-hole, though, but I a, agree. It could, is a – uh, I, I like it. It's a good look. I think that <coughs> – excuse me. I think that Marcelo Zuna sure has the name and sure maybe has the approach, but – He's not giving you anything useful. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a below replacement level hitter over the last month. Yeah. He's not the heart of your order.
1: He shouldn't be getting that many at bats. Let move him down, heck move him up if you want to, but until he gets that swing until he starts putting the ball in the air, he's getting the ball just out of the infield. All these hits are just over the shortstop's or head or
0: the ground ball through or the, through the, the hole.
1: hole, ground ball through the hole. That's all he's doing until he gets the he can it, it, something's got to change with his approach. And now that there's not uh, John Mabry there to help him out, then maybe <laughs> he will well, be able to just, figure that out. You can't out. just swing from your bottom and hit home runs. Yes. Yep.
0: Uh, we are a week away from the trade deadline. We're moving quick. Buyer or sellers, I think you and I both agree that I think it's going to be some sort of a combination. Yes. I don't yeah. think they're going to be all-out buyers. They're not be, They're not making the Zach Britton trade. Not a fire they're, sale. They're certainly not making the Machado-level <laughs> trade. Uh, they're not making uh, – who did the uh, Yankees just go get?
1: Uh, they got Zach Britton.
0: They got Britton. Who did the Red Sox get? They uh, got uh, I, uh, Evie the, Aldi, right? Evie uh, Aldi. Yeah. Yeah, Evaldi, Nathan Ovaldi Evaldi from Evaldi.
1: the Rays. Yeah, yes. good pickup for them.
0: Um, you're not probably going to see a marquee name like that, but no. I think what you are going to see, I think you're going to see him be a little bit of a buyer-seller. They're going to yep. move some of these younger guys, maybe a guy like uh, Jose Martinez, as we've outlined. Most people have him pegged to he's, go to the American League. He's got to. He's got to. Um, yeah. It Which, might not net you a massive return, but you got to get something. I right. don't think at this point you're going to see them buying for bullpen, and you're going to see them selling uh, to clear out – guys that either don't have a position or, or they are, they're, they're kind of, there's like a log jam in that area. Right. Um, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one or two larger names, quote unquote, larger names moved. Um, if they, you know, even like a top prospect kind of name, um, I don't, I don't see them moving Carlos Martinez, but certainly if somebody People, wants, it to is the flip hot him, thing to talk on if Twitter. They want to flip him. uh now would be the time. I, I guess mean, now would be the time. Would, of course, he's hurt, but right. You know, if you think you can flip that ship for, I would think, a, a, a return that directly fixes your problem. So if you do that for like a top-flight reliever and a and a solid lineup, young piece, bat, yeah. Okay, then yeah, definitely. But otherwise, you got I'd, him under I'd, cost control for yeah, five years. I, I don't move. understand why you'd flip him. now. I would
1: sure think that most teams would look at a guy like Chris Archer and would be more interested in him. He's going to come at a cheaper cost, and he's going to come at a cheaper cost. He's also, you know, we talked about a possible trade for the Cardinals getting him. I would think. When comparing to right-handed pitchers like that, I think teams would be more likely to go after Archer than Martinez. Yeah, I mean, I don't think both, I don't think the Cardinals would be willing to move. Yeah, they're both Martinez.
0: cost-controlled, but Martinez is going to be a much higher ask from the Cardinals. Right. But I I wouldn't be surprised if you saw it like you know, I you know even if Jack Flaherty was in a package, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't. Like I'm saying. Don't. I don't think they'll do it. But if it came down to it, if it really solved a major bullpen issue or it solved a major lineup issue, I think there will they'd be willing to move him because those needs are so glaring and your rotation looks as dependable and as deep as it has in a long time. I think you could spare one of those pieces to fill one of the glaring holes in these other weak areas.
1: Want to wrap Um, up around baseball? We'll
0: wrap up around baseball. We did the trades, you know, Machado to LA, God help the NL West, God help the NL in general. Uh, Britain to New York, and Ivaldi to the Red Sox. God help the AL East. God yeah. help the AL in Just, general.
1: Yeah, I mean the Astros. I would assume would make some kind of move. They have to because it looks like we're on a war path to a Yankees Red Sox ALCS. And pray for us all because oh, it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Thank God we don't live in well, the Northeast. You
0: could but. be looking at a Dodgers Cubs NLCS, yeah. Yeah. which. Oh, those ratings! Oh, those ratings! And I, I mean, the Dodgers. The, the Dodgers have been on their. Uh, I won't say they're not messing around drink for a while now yeah. they they want it they know yeah. the window's open and yep. they're gonna they they want it so bad and to replace when Corey Seager goes down to be able to in the second half <laughs> be Just like oh Mach- we got Manny Machado, Machado then like that's fine that is that is a a we're big here big energy kind of move <laughs> if you will um, wink wink Potential trades, you know, Hamels to the Nationals. Matt Harvey's absolutely got to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, the Reds are. You know, he, he's he, been
1: and he's been, he's been all been right. He's and a guy that you can throw in like a th- third or fourth game of a, of a series in the playoff and yeah. get you five innings.
0: And yeah. the the Reds have absolutely. I think the Reds absolutely they have to qu- acquired him to flip him. Yeah, and and it doesn't. You know, you don't even need much for him. Yeah, he was a scrap he pick up. Archer. He's been on the move, quote unquote, for a couple of years. I think yeah. this is the year, though. I think the I think the Rays are sensing that he is the window is closing on his trade value, and they've got uh, younger arms in the rotation that they're comfortable with. I think he's able to go. I think J T. Realmuto.
1: He's got to move. But I read something today that they they see him as a, a cornerstone piece of their rebuild. I would move him. Why wouldn't you move him? This value will how, never be higher than right also, now.
0: Also, how long is this rebuild going to take? <laughs> I like, know. For real, a I
1: cornerstone know. piece of That's the what they, said. they have some they have some relief pitch. They have uh Ziegler and uh mm-hmm. Bearclaw. That those those guys well, will McCarl- definitely move, Kyle yeah. Bearclaw. And it, and that would be a great piece if, for any team. I love that yeah. guy. But Realmuto uh I've talked with my brother who's a big baseball fan, and he says he's basically on the Nationals already, and that would make sense because they could really use yeah. a catcher. And if the if Nationals are going to go for it, they have to go well, for it now right now. The time. They yeah. have to this go for it right now. So if they wanted to go after I, – I could see them doing a Hamels and a Real Muto, but they, I mean, they're, they have a worse record than the Cardinals right now. I know. Well, they're not totally Scherzer,
0: out of it. Scherzer and uh, Strasburg were beefing in the yeah, dugout the yeah. other day. So,
1: I mean, they – there, um,
0: there's some tension in, in Washington. They yeah. don't seem like they're having they, a ton of fun. I think this is because this is a team that
1: they know what's coming in the offseason.
0: Like and I feel like the the Cubs kind of stole the Nationals' shine a little bit. Like the yeah. Nationals really looked like the team that was gonna be, like it, they were gonna have that run. They yeah. were gonna be America's favorite team. You know, the Cardinals they had Picozma, the young guy. P. Cosma snatched they, the line. out of them.
1: Um, Daniel
0: and. I think they just never quite made it back to that team where everyone really believed in them. All of a sudden, it just felt like yeah. uh, they were the brides, always the bridesmaids nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could see Real Muto going there. I mean, I think it'd be insane. <sighs> you can't be like, oh, we're going to build around JT Real Muto. Yeah, that's like, a tough. How much time do you have to rebuild? Like, what?
1: The, the, the Miami Jeters. Mike, he's
0: not Mike, Mike Piazza. Like, no. And, and the, the Marlins are, from what I can tell, a decade away from being an, even a At recognizable least. baseball team, yeah. they sold off everything. There's nothing left. Yeah. The toilets don't even have seats down there. <laughs> uh, last one was Mustakis. Uh, he's he kind of the be, last. He's the last chip floating. I like this Adam Jones to the Indians. And it's they kind of need an outfielder.
1: I think that's one. I mean. The Mar or not the Marlins, the Marlins and Orioles have been kind of interchangeable this year. Yeah, uh, The true. Orioles, they really, they need to accept that they just got to start co- yeah. from the basement. So they, they need to move. And Jones group. and Jones deserves to play on a team that could go to. I know that they made it to the ALCS a few years ago, and they've been a playoff team with That's,
0: them. Hey, they are so far from that team. Oh, like, I know. You, but you and he, I and seven friends are as close to that team yeah. as the Orioles are now.
1: And Adam Jones deserves to be on a winning team he's suffered enough so yeah and and I think the Indians would be a great team for him to go to um so that would be good and then the last thing I throw in here is what are the Mets gonna do
0: it's like can can you like as a matter of public health can can a franchise just be (laughs) shut down due to health violations this is the most Mets a Mets season has ever been yeah and it culminates with Noah Syndergaard being sidelined with foot and mouth disease
1: did he go to a daycare foot and, and just mouth.
0: like I think I, I think it was he did like he a did camp. like a kid's camp he did yeah. a kids camp and he caught foot and mouth disease which hand is foot and mouth don't hand, forget the hand. sorry sorry hand <laughs> foot and mouth disease which is basically just three parts of your body that are like yeah, they're, they're broken gross. out they're gross now yeah um that isn't that's an infant's disease that's an insane thing but only a Mets player could have it You know what I saw I I, I think I read it it was I can't remember the comments that wrote it, but it was the most amazing assessment of the Mets and it says the Mets continually shoot themselves in the foot and then go looking for the gun. <laughs> the Mets, honestly the Mets like they're weird like like cerebus three-headed ownership, weird GM Will situation. Pond, yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. They are a mess of a franchise. their players hate hate being there. The ownership and their players fight, they get weird baby diseases. They never play well. I, if you're, I don't know. If you're a Mets fan, I, I have zero idea what to tell you other than, like, man, I don't
1: know. Check it out. Like, check out. The Jets might be fun this year. Get you know, excited for um, that.
0: The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's on Amazon yeah. Prime. <laughs> Glows on Netflix. Season 2 just came out. Uh, all of Atlanta's on the FX app. There's plenty of time.
1: Training camp starts tomorrow. Training Good.
0: camp talks. The, There's the- plenty of stuff for you to do other than watch the New York Mets. Just really give yourself that break. That's all I can say. And also, if you want to close anything out about your beloved A's, all right.
1: So, beginning of this year, when I was struggling with the Cardinals, I said I would get so frustrated I'd just say I'm an A's fan, kind of as a joke. But yeah, I'm an A's fan. Now you are. They are just so they're much. They're so fun much fun. fun. They're so. They went. They were down ten to two last night, going into the seventh inning, and they ended up winning thirteen to ten they, in, in eleven innings.
0: They are. They're having like there. Ha- there's not as many teams I don't think there's so many teams out there anymore that when you watch you're like oh they're having a great time playing like they're they're having fun there are teams that win and certainly enjoy winning but it's a different quality when you're like oh you feel like you're hanging out with them for the course of nine innings they are really having a great time and you know there's a couple of you know biscottis on that team uh you just saw him make a move for Familia familia to get a uh, that's a complicated. Matt, Matt move.
1: Chapman is one of the best defensive players in baseball, he's having a great offensive year too. It's
0: they're a fun team to hang. They're they a good hang. That's what I they say. They're, they're a good hang. And
1: now they so the like struck.
0: oh there you go. If you're a Mets fan, what do you do? <laughs> check out the A's. Ch- now out. their they're games are going to be at weird uh, times. They're for you. weird times. But like just check them out. Just they're a good hang. The yeah. Mets. The Mets are that, that relationship you're just dying to get out of, but you're afraid of what's you on the other the, side. You
1: see across the, the, A's the, are that the United person, States. Yeah, the oh, A's man, are that person that you run into fun. in the coffee
0: shop, and they're like, oh, there's just instant chemistry, and you can't wait to maybe go get a drink with them. Hang out with the A's. Get rid of those Mets. And if you're a Cardinals fan, <laughs> I guess stick around to the deadline. It's going to be yeah. kind of fun. There's going to be fireworks. But if you know, if you get frustrated. It's Steven Piscotti.
1: We all love yeah, him.
0: Jo- join, join Mike on the A's train, and we'll have a good time. Otherwise, you know, hey. There could be some new uh, Cardinal cardinal players to cheer for here Coming up at uh, at the deadline <laughs> yeah. So we'll see But that wraps up this episode of the Baseball STL Podcast Thank you for joining us uh, I am the J.J. Bailey on Twitter I am lead Cardinal's writer For KMOV.com and the Baseball STL app Don't follow me on Twitter Mike is normally producer Mike But this week co-host and producer hey. Mike He is on Twitter at Mike Steve Ritter For all the
1: hottest A's takes Follow <laughs> at Mike Steve Ritter
0: Follow us or don't But the one thing you must remember is be nice to each other.